Toffee Ball, the East Asian Football Podcast. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to From the Toffee Ball Podcast and today we're very happy we've got Taiwan manager Lewis Lancaster with us, so hello Lewis. Hi there, thank you, Hi. thank you for having me. And uh, the first thing we want to ask is, uh, could you tell our listeners like a little brief thing about uh, how you ended up managing in Taiwan, like a little bit of your background? I guess it started when I was very young. I had a, a strong passion for football come from my dad. You know, playing football, introduced to football, playing local football, club football, and then, you know, I just had a real passion for football. And then as you uh, grow older, I wanted to be a professional football player. Uh, it didn't quite work out as to plan. Yeah. Got into coaching, went to university, and then I went through uh, the academy circuit. And uh, I was, uh, it was probably uh, Watford where I really fell in love with coaching. I had an individual role there, I wasn't in charge of a team. Right. So every team had a head coach and assistant coach, but I was, I was the elite individual coach, so I literally just had four or five players under my wing. And that was when I realised about you know, how to connect with people and really tap into the individual, and it made me understand the difference between sport for all and sport for the elite. And then I went through my badges, and when I was at Watford, I completed my UEFA Pro licence, uh, met Gary White, and then he took me to China. Then we come to here, and I was the assistant, and then I've obviously transitioned in from the assistant into the head coach of the national team now. Uh, the World Cup's coming up, and uh, the draw was made recently, and uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag in my opinion. Like uh, I don't actually I don't know too much about the Middle East teams. Uh, we don't we don't really cover those, so we don't really know much about them apart from I seen uh, Jordan at the Asian Cup. When I watched that, they looked okay there. Mm. Uh, and obviously, there's Australia and Nepal, who you played recently. So, uh, what do you think about the draw? Uh, look, the draw is the draw. You can't mm. you can't moan about it. But I think it could have gone a little bit better, but mm. actually, it probably could have gone a lot, lot worse. Right. Um, but every team, you know, every team provides different challenges. And you know, if Taiwan want to move forward, these, are, you know, you need the big players to produce in the big games. This is such an exciting time for everybody. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that you know, I, I can certainly feel a bit of football flavour around the place. The players can feel it, and mm-hmm. this is an opportunity for them to make a name for themselves. For me, I think uh, the Middle East sides are normally strong, uh, but like I heard, Kuwait were banned recently. Uh, so they haven't been playing in competition, similar to Indonesia. Mm. So people online, they're saying their rankings lower than it should be. Every game is a difficult game and every yeah. game provides different challenges. So, you know, for instance, you know, if we were to play Australia, you'd probably expect they have more of the ball. Mm. So, you know, we need to be better when we have the ball in, in less periods of time. But as you saw firsthand when we played Nepal, actually we had like 65, 70% right. possession. And it's a different type of game that offers different challenges. So our job is to prepare the team as best we can. Uh, so we're at our best, and you know, as I said, every game's it's, different. Uh, it's hard just to look at the Rangans alone, isn't it? When you look at the Rangans and you see this team is here and this team is here, but then when you play, the Rangans don't really matter as much, really, yeah. to a point. But there's so many variables that you know. There's flights, there's visas, there's time on the flights, there's travel, there's. You know, it depends on how many players in that team come from that club. So right. we've probably got 16. We've probably got players that cover 16 different clubs in our squad. So that's 16 different schedules, 16 <laughs> different managers, 16 different philosophies, style of play, 
our centre midfielder Wen Chi Hao might play number 10 or left or right wing for Beijing so it, I think the job of any coach is to get these players in you have such limited time and if you know for Jigsaw it looks like winning every player is a piece and you yeah. need to make sure these pieces are shaved down trimmed down and they're edged so they all fit perfectly mm -hmm. into this puzzle those are the kind of things people don't normally think about isn't it like when they play in different teams or they come from different different positions at the club and stuff like that you know, you know you've, got, you've got to understand Will Donkin will come over and he's, he's got seven hours jet lag to deal right. with or, or time difference and you know you've got to gel these players together some of them have got uh, Spanish managers some of them have got German managers some of them have got Croatian managers Taiwanese managers and you know everyone has their own identity and own different style but actually Taiwan have, we have our own style mm. and I think that's where the staff have been fantastic everyone sees the vision and the style and as I said it's about edging and shaping these pieces in such a small amount of time so they fit I guess the players are really looking forward to uh, starting the World Cup yeah, I, I would say the the biggest thing at the moment is the mentality has changed. Right. This has probably been... Because I've been in Taiwan now nearly two years, and I think this is the first time where... Obviously, it's an exciting time because players want to play in the big games, but you know, we, we now have players fighting for positions. Right. You know, we've got three or four strikers. We've got eight, nine, ten defenders. That You know, the central midfield area is getting strong. So that breeds a, a, a mentality of where players have to work hard, they have to be challenged. They can't just get by training knowing they, they're going to start because in the squad now there's there's players that know they'll start and there's players that know they won't start but there's those players in the middle right. that are not sure and it's those players that are really providing a real challenge within training so everything is everyone's given 100% and from from actually going to watch the games then in like you mentioned the mentality like I feel like from the stand just watching when they come out and they start playing in their mind they feel like oh we can we can do this kind of thing when I was younger, I realised, you know, my skill set was coaching. You know, I'm not very good at anything else, <laughs> but coaching was my my niche. And then, you know, I've always wanted to be on the grass. I've always wanted to coach. I've always been confident on the grass. But now I've transitioned into a head coach job. There are actually things more important than coaching, right. and one of them is people. In my opinion, it's always about people. I need to be a good person, and I need to be surrounded by good people. So if we break down the CTFA, you've got Mr. Chu, the president. He's an incredible man. He's 70 years of age. He's got an incredible passion for football, and he still plays football every Wednesday night on the left wing, and he's 70. You've got the general secretary, Mr. Fung, again, who's been on the... He's played in the Premier League here. He was a, an assistant manager in the league, so he understands football here. Um, and he, again, he's incredibly passionate. And then you've got me and you've got all the players and we're all good people, I would like to think. We don't want any bad eggs or you know, anyone who's not going to fit. And the second thing is communication. You know, that we're all communicating with each other in the right way, whether that's you know, voice, email or whatever it is, social media. We're all singing from the same sheet. And when we're communicating, all the staff are singing from the same sheet. So when I'm talking to the players and it's going through the translator or using the Sabutio board, which I know you love. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about it. that later, by the way. Um, so... So there's this clear transparency between everyone. Everyone understands, and then it comes the coaching. Right. So everything, you know, those people, that communication, we've got to get on the grass and, and make it transparent and make it clear. Because it's not club, but we don't have hundreds and hundreds of sessions. Right. So you have like five sessions, maybe four sessions, to get exactly what it is and what you need. And I'd like to think now with Taiwan, I know other countries have got hundreds of players to choose from, or thousands of players. We don't have that luxury but we probably potentially have a lot of chemistry. Right. So you might be a fantastic player, I might be a fantastic player, but we might not be fantastic together. Right. 
Whereas you might be fantastic and this guy over here might be okay, but you two together for some reason just make it work. And I'd like to think now, because we've got a nice little family, we've got a nice little squad, the communications is good, the mentality is right. I would like to think now we've got good chemistry all over the pitch and we've got more consistency. I keep, I keep telling people Taiwan isn't really like a national team, it's more like a club side. For me it feels more like a club side feeling, you know, like when Wimbledon, when they're a small club and then they get to the, uh, the top level and like, they're all like together. There's a, there's a lot of fighting spirit because you know, the players want to leave a legacy. Our vision is very clear from day one and that is to develop the future of Taiwanese football. You know, and to do that, we need to create an, an elite team and the players know this is the time. Right. So that we always say, look, it's time for everybody to come together because if it's not us, who? And if it's not now, when? Right. So the players are relishing that opportunity and they can't wait. All right, so now we want to ask, is there any uh, young players who are maybe coming from the youth teams and then pushing the senior squad, maybe he's trying to get into the, the squad for the World Cup? Yeah, we've, um, we've watched the under-16s, we've watched the under-18s, we're obviously at all the games. Uh, for the Premier League and also as well what we're finding now is it's, it's a little bit of a snowball, snowball effect so I would like to think our whole programme has moved forward not just the grass so the office we're more organised than we've ever been right. you know because people we always use the iceberg effect people see the goals going on the game but actually underneath all that someone's booking those flights that hotel uh, there's a lot of communication a lot of meetings and the whole programme logistically has moved forward and the squad is a little bit younger we want to make it even more younger and then also we know we've got this clear style of play. We don't just throw players in the pitch and say off you go. Um, and you know, it, age is just a number. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old they are, the best players need to play. Because yeah. the vision is very clear. If we want to develop uh, the future of Taiwanese football, then we actually need to start producing on the pitch and make it exciting and give people memories they can remember forever, like we did. You know, when Michael Owen scored that yeah. goal against Argentina. Yeah. I remember my, me and my brother leaving our house, running into the street, Everyone else ran out from their houses. We jumped up and down, celebrated high fives for about 30 seconds, and then boom, everyone went back to their room. And that's our job. That is our job to create more memories and for people. I just saw the CTFA posted yesterday that uh, one of the youth teams went to Malaysia. What tournament is that one? Is I'm, that a tournament I'm, or? I'm not, sh I'm not sure what the tournament is, but we're, that's the under-16s team. And right. I saw them train and play Wednesday night. Right. And they've got a few fantastic players. and. You know, some players uh, are simple, mm. where they just get the ball past it, and you know, which is fine. Like a water carrier or something. <laughs> but these players are needed. Every every team, you know, every player provides different things, and you can't have too much of something. You know, it's like baking a cake. Oh. Put too much flour, and it won't work. Mm. So, uh, but they've got a few tricky wingers, uh, which were really exciting, and not not just not just exciting. They had products. When they crossed it, they crossed it, and when they shot they shot properly right. it wasn't like getting to the final third and things weren't happening they were creating some things so it's good right. so I think uh, actually uh, for me personally when I came here 10 years ago uh, you wouldn't see any anyone playing football but now I feel like it's getting more popular and uh, the World Cup is an ideal uh, time for everyone to try and like raise the awareness kind of thing mm. and uh, so like what what are your guys aims for the World Cup like uh, do you have any targets or yeah this is an interesting one so I, I like the format I don't know if people are too familiar with it but uh, with the 46 teams in Asia yeah. I think people get confused that it doubles up as Asian Cup qualifying and World Cup qualifying together yeah. like joint well I, I 
Well, this, this, let's just sum this bit up. So, in starting in September, this is stage two of the World Cup. There'll be eight groups, five teams. Uh, they'll all play each other twice. Now, from these eight groups uh, of 40 teams, only 12 teams can progress to the next stage. And that will be the eight winners and the four best runners-up. Um, so, actually, what we did, I worked out that in the last World Cup campaign, the four best runners-up were China, UAE, Syria and Iraq. And what I did, I, I kind of... Um, I'm not really a stats man, but I understand sometimes they have a place. Because right. 92% of statistics are made up. Uh, <laughs> I don't pay much attention to stats either. I just, well, anyway. I trust my eyes. <laughs> the, these four teams that went through, they were getting 2.1 points on average per game. Right. They were scoring 2.7 goals on average per game and conceding 0.72 goals. So I said to the players, this is a benchmark, this is a target for serious right. about getting to stage three. This is what we need to do. And when we played Hong Kong uh, recently, we said, look, this isn't a FIFA friendly. Let's treat this like a World Cup qualifier and let's stick to these benchmarks, these right. statistics. So we're meant to get 2.1 points on average. We got three. You know, we're meant to score 2.7 goals. We scored two. Right. So we're a little bit down. We're allowed to concede 0.72 goals per game. We conceded none. So if that game was part of this process, we're ahead of schedule. Right. And, you know, it would be fantastic to get to that stage because whoever gets into stage three not only progresses in the World Cup, they also qualify automatically for the Asia Cup 2023 right. in China. So we have to dream big. Um, you know, and I've said to the players, look, I know people will be doubting us. There's a lot of naysayers. You can't do it. But we have to believe. And actually, what's impossible for other people isn't impossible for us. Right. And whatever happens, we will give everything we can. And uh, we'll constantly move forward. And the staff are working. The players are working. We'll give everything we can. Because we want, we want the people of Taiwan, we want to give them a team they can be proud of. Right. The, plus side of the plus side, if you do manage to get to uh, stage three as well, is that uh, there's some big teams to come up against. And that will also... Uh, That'll like pique people's interest, won't it? Like, especially the likes of Japan, or because a lot of people here have a lot of interest in Japan and Japanese culture and style and things mm. like that. So if they know Japan are playing Taiwan at football, I think it'll <laughs> it'll get them really like wanting to go to yeah. the game. Yeah, for sure. And I think our job is you know to make it exciting. So you know you've got a uh, basketball and baseball are big sports here, and I, I completely understand why because they're exciting. You know. And, right. In basketball, the score's 102, right. 92. There's a basket scored on average every 26.2 seconds in the, in the NBA. Right. In baseball, there's on average 290 pitches per game. Whereas in football, it could be nil-nil in 90 minutes. And people yeah. sitting there going, hang on, there's no goals. I just sat here for 90 minutes. What's happening? So our job is to you know, be fast-paced, be aggressive, uh, try and suffocate the opposition in their own half, create more chances, be more fluid, more flexible have good build-up play and you know I think that will help me you know bring people out of their houses to the stadium right so like maybe we've got a few listeners in Europe as well and then like I feel like the people who read our stuff or listen from Europe they don't realize uh, the difficulties in traveling around Asia for the games <laughs> uh, I just wonder if uh, you could you have any stories about any difficulties or any problems you've came against to be really honest, I'm not much of a, a fantastic flyer. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm getting better now. I tend to just sleep because I panic. Right. I'd rather just sleep, and if it's my time, it's my time. But if I have to get on a plane, plane with propellers... Oh, the little ones. Yeah, I sometimes get a little bit nervous. <laughs> I, I went on one of those once, and I didn't like it. Uh. Yeah. Well, actually, there's a, there's a good story between the staff, and, it, you know, if, 
it'd be nice if the listeners could help us out actually. Right. <laughs> so uh, our goalkeeper coach Jamie Brasserton's obviously huge. He's six foot something. He's and he sits there, and uh, we always have this argument about is the person in front of you legally allowed to put their seat back? Right. <laughs> and he says, well, no, they're not. And I said, well, they've paid for that seat. This is their space, and they're they're entitled to, and you're entitled to. And he says, well, they're not allowed. And we actually, and every time we get on a plane, he, for some reason, he always gets an exit seat. So um, I want someone to sit in front of him, put the seat back. Oh, I'm interested to see what happens. Because <laughs> he's massive. He's massive. It squashes his knees, and all, and all, everyone gets the violins out. You know, oh, are you okay? Right. Um, no, no. Uh, Travelling can be difficult. I think. Um, because you might have to go one flight then a connecting right. flight because uh, like back home normally people like you hear them complaining oh it's four hours to Russia mm. and then when I moved here it's seen like on uh, Taiwan social media like when the when the women travel to like uh, the Middle East for the uh, the games there mm. they they said it took like 32 hours or 38 hours or something like that well the, we had a we had a tough trip last time when we went to Turkmenistan because um, Qatar, the airspace, and Dubai are not getting along. Oh, wow. So we have to fly kind of around the houses. But, um, you know, there's a lot of things. Uh, this is why I'm saying our programme has moved forward, because the people in the office are so much more organised. Right. Like, we'll get to the airport now and the visas are done. Players don't have to fill it in. Yeah, and then, right. you know, we're, we're looking at things like, you know, when we go to Nepal, there'll be 1,400 metres above sea level. So do we go two days earlier or right. as early as we can to accommodate, you know, what's, what is the best route? And, you know, normally it used to be, you know, We'll get we'll get the six o'clock in the morning flight. So right. you're asking players to break sleep and get there at three in the morning at the airport. Now it's a bit more, right. um, you, uh, I don't know, friendly right. and accommodating because the philosophy we always have, any decision we make is will it help the players? So will that seven o'clock flight help the players? Probably not. But if we trade off a few other things, we well, actually we we'll have to get there late and then this and this and this. All right, okay, that won't help the players. This will help the players more. So let's do right. this. And I think when you ask that question, it makes things a lot more simple instead of having too many variables. Will it help the players? Yes, let's do it. It won't help the players, let's not do it. That's another big thing to factor in when you're playing in Asia as well, isn't it? Uh, there's a lot of different climates. Mm. Like you said, like Nepal's like so high above the sea level and then if you go somewhere like Guam, it's going to be boiling hot. Yeah, and, and these are all things to take in consideration. and. You know, every player plays differently on different surfaces, you know, and you know, you've got grass pitches, you've got artificial pitches, you've got... So sometimes are some of your games, like when you go away, sometimes are some of the games on artificial? Uh, I'm not too sure at the moment. No. Um, we kind of just play on one camp at a time. Because actually on the, on the TV, when you go away, like the, the, the pitches are so good now, it's, it's hard to tell if it's uh, <laughs> artificial or not. One, one camp at a time for us, and both games will be at the Taipei Stadium, right. on grass, and then, then when that camp's done, we'll think about the next one and move on and move on. All right. So now, like, what's what's the next step to increase the quality of uh, football in Taiwan? Because it's it's increased, it's got better a lot over time, and uh, now people want to well asking me like, uh, what's the ideas to get it to like the next level? Well, I certainly agree. There is a lot of football flavour about, um, but I think they need more in uh, more access. You know, there's basketball courts everywhere which is fine but you know the, I remember when we were kids you know we, we just needed one ball and four jumpers right. and then off, off we went so I just think that, that will help but obviously this World Cup time now you know if we can get people to this stadium if we can inspire the next generation of kids and you know the CTFA are doing a great job of promoting as best as we can better than we've ever done 
you know, we're, we're reaching out to the schools, we're going around the country just to get access because, you know, I remember, I remember being young, I remember meeting a footballer and thinking, wow, oh my God, and the impact it had and the relationship I had with my dad. And so, you know, I think it's just about getting out there and, and spreading the football flavour and, and reaching out to the community. And I, I saw on uh, Facebook that the CTFE are still doing the programme where they're going around the island and they're uh, looking for players or anyone who's interested to come and train with the, the, the CTFA coaches and then um, if they I don't know what, what it is because it was in Chinese I just used Google Translate <laughs> so but it, to me it looked like that they were saying if you're, if you're good enough or if we think your level's high then we'll, we'll jot your name down or something and you'll be kept, kept in mind for the future something like that yeah there, there's 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 a few reasons why anyone would do that and I think one is one is for sport for the elite so you you never know where the next Lionel Messi is mm. so you know you might find that player but actually football can offer so much more uh, you know it's more than just a game right. you know uh, football has taught me so much you know it's honesty how to be resilient courage and you know and as I say to all the footballers in the academies what you'll see is you know everybody's talented but however, it's the personality within inside someone that allows the talent to come out and surface. And I think that's, that's the thing. So like, for instance, another one, like my son, my son is five. His chance of playing the Premier League is like 0.15%. Right. But actually, he will 100% join society. <laughs> if he's not a good person, I've let him down as a, as a parent. Right. And I think, so what the FA, uh, the CTFA are trying to do now, which is amazing, is they're catering for a sport for, for the elite, but they're also catering for a sport for all. Right. So they want to get out and show, show people what football is, how, how it can make you. Like, how many friends have you got through football? And uh, All my friends are through football. <laughs> exactly. And then from that, you know, you have, you know, have relationships and, you know, honesty, trust, right. all, all, these, all these things you can't measure. And this is what we're saying to the footballers now in the young generation. We can measure their passes. Right. We can measure how many shots they have, how far they run, their accelerations, decelerations. We can measure so much. But in my opinion, it's the things we can't measure which are more important right. you know how honest is that player can that player fight in the trenches right. will he give up is he resilient does he have courage will Donkin can you put him on a pitch against Turkmenistan at 16 years of age because he's fearless yes right. and I think that's the difference those are measurable things like Taiwan's playing pool is it is it expanding slowly or is it is like you said already that it's kind of small compared to other countries right mm. So, uh, have you seen any kind of players added to that over time? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a snowball effect. So, the, the team are, obviously we're a family, we know that, but I think the football flavour is just starting to reach out. It's, it's definitely increasing. Right. Because, you know, one, the CTFA are doing a great job with the 16s, the 18s, the 19s. So, there's more interest there and, you know, the coaches are fantastic, but also everyone kind of wants to join this team now right so you know managers in the Premier League saying oh, I've got this guy I think right. he can help I think he oh. can help and then obviously you know uh, you know social media now what's happening now now more people are coming to us because from my point of view like that's a big thing if, if it's slightly in, if it's increasing and not declining then that that gives an indication that something somewhere is being done right yeah it, it is increasing 
people want to be part of it, not just in Taiwan. You know, we'll probably get a call next week, some guy in Germany saying his mum is Taiwanese. Right. And then, I know, the week later, some might say, oh, I'm from the UAE, but my, my, my mum's Taiwanese. Right. So these people are, are coming to us. Uh-huh. And it's, I think that's a real credit to everyone in the CTFA and all the players, everyone who's involved, because it just shows that we're doing things right, right. for someone to approach us. Right. You know, which is obviously a good feeling, and, you know, but we, we don't want to just stop there. We've got to continually move forward and move forward and move forward. Right. So the Premier League, the Taiwan Premier League, a lot of people uh, keep asking me all the time, is that professional? And there's there's not really much information to read about it. This kind of information, it's not readily available even in Chinese, so in English it's not existent. Is the league professional or is it...? The, the league is semi-professional. Right. And I think one thing that the CTFA has done really well this year is the game are all streamed. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been so, watching some which, of those. Which is brilliant because, one, one it's good for the league, because it can gain more interest. Secondly, it will help the players because you know it's more professional. It helps with uh, anything really, uh, even the fact to the simplest thing like an injury. Right. If there's an injury now, you can now watch it back, see how the ankle rolled oh, over. Right. So it helps the players individually. It can help them with scouting. Someone in China might say, "I'm looking for a left back or a right back or a striker." Heard about this player? So it's just more professional for everybody. For me, it's fantastic because I'll watch. I'll go to a stadium and watch two games, right. but then I'm also watching the other games at the same time. Right. So I can get access to everything. You know, we can record it. We can make clips for players, and you know, it gives us an opportunity to put everyone in the shop window and uh, and see what they can bring to the table. Right. So, uh, like like football, like all aspects of football in Taiwan have improved greatly since my time living here. Like not just the men's senior team, uh, it's also the women's team the youth teams and the, and uh, from my point of view that's a great thing but uh, is there any information about these programs that I think I think we've got to go back to the start and, right. which was it's all about people right you're talking about people in the CTFA are extremely passionate about the development of this country you know as I said the president wants to he hasn't just come in and sit in there he wants to move this program forward incredibly passionate about it. You've got Mr. Fung, the same. Mr. Yen, the technical director. You've got myself. And naturally, you know, we've got the ladies coach, Ichiko. We've got the futsal coach, Adil. And we've all kind of said to each other, look, no one's in isolation. It's not, you know, it's not, we're not competing now, the futsal and it's the men's and the women's. We're all together. We are so you all, guys are like working together better yeah, or something like we that? Are, we are all CTFA. Right. No one stands alone. We are all CTFA and our sole job is to develop the football in this country. Right. That is clear. And as I said, will this help? Yes, we'll do it. This won't help, then we won't do it. Right. And uh, I would like to think, uh, you know, on the inside, we've moved forward the whole programme. And, you know, judging by the comments we're getting on the outside, I think we're moving fo- football in the right direction. And as I said, there's that flavour, you can feel it. And obviously it's a really exciting time. And I think the key thing now is to do as best as we can in this World Cup. And we want to give people of Taiwan a football team they can be proud of. We want to give all the kids hope, you know, and it's time, definitely time for us all to come together. And as I said, if it's not us, who? And if it's not now, when? So you've mentioned Will Duncan a few times. Yes. And uh, because because of Will Duncan's uh, popularity here, like I don't think, like some of our listeners might not know, but uh, Will Duncan is really popular in Taiwan <laughs> since he uh, came over for the national side. Uh, and because of his popularity, a lot of people keep asking, is there any other people like Will Duncan who are uh, who who maybe you know about or you know of that you uh, might be considering for the World Cup. Like, you don't have to say names. 
uh, are connected to Taiwan through their parents or their grandparents or something? Yeah, th- th- there's a few people, and I think the the key thing is is that we we're not looking. Right. It's not us going out. They're they're coming for us. Right. So it's a completely different mindset now. It's changed. And the reason it's changed is because it's moving forward. We're right. gaining interest, and people want to be part of this. Right. You know, I remember meeting Will Donkin at 16. Is 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 there's there's something about Will Donkin. I'm a big believer. People generally play football the same as their personality. Right. So you know, if you've got this Ronaldo, this kind of arrogant, really confident player, he'll play like that on the pitch. If you've got Javi Alonso, this or Perlo, this kind of right. smooth character, right. they'll play the game smooth and you know, very elo- eloquently. But I'm, I'm drawn to players, there's not many of them that are different to their personality. Mm. You've got Will Donkin, this shy, humble, very well educated. Wow, I was just about to say, polite. Will Donkin looked like when you hear him yeah. talk, he seems to go like in a shell or something, yeah. like really timid yeah. and he, shy. And He's polite, well-mannered, very well educated, just the loveliest person you'll ever meet. But when he plays football, he plays completely different to that. Right. He wants to be that guy who does the tricks, put that ball in the top corner. He's got a lot of flair. And I think that's what makes him so endearing. Right. And actually, Will Donkin, um, so if you talk about him as an individual, but actually if you talk about the whole team, Taiwan are the nicest people in the world. You know, And I think actually we're playing a little bit different to our culture and personality right. now because we're fast-paced, we're aggressive, and we're high-pressing. Uh, you know, we're suffocating teams. And I think... That's a bit of a shock for do teams. Do you think? Oh, I was just about to say. Do you think it shocks some teams when they see you doing that? Yeah, I think it shocks teams. Right. You know, I'm a big believer that to attack and attack and attack. And you know, I don't want to get punched in the face. You might right. not get up. I think you got to punch them first. Because, because in the past, maybe they would it wouldn't be expecting that from Taiwan. Yeah, and I think it's endearing because it's as I said, it's completely opposite to the personality right. and the culture. I think the evidence of that was against the Hong Kong team because, you know. I think it was 60 minutes in, there's a great picture of Chen Polian, the captain. Right. You know, he's, he's pointing at people and you run here, you slide there and, you know, and, and then it's just so infectious. It's like the next guy was doing it, the next guy. And right. you, could, you could see a real team there. And oh. I've, always said, I've always said to the players, look, you know, if Manchester City were to change their colour top uh, and no one knew, after five minutes watching that game, you would still identify them as Man City. And you could probably do that with Man City, Liverpool, Burnley, Bournemouth... Um, Tottenham but actually all the other teams in the Premier League you probably couldn't do it because they're just playing football it's just a game and I said to the team that you know our job is to actually we have our own style and identity and I'd like to think now if we changed our colour top after five or ten minutes people would say oh that's definitely Taiwan that is definitely Taiwan and the players have bought into it and we've got a lot of chemistry and that's the that's that's the trick you know people understand what they've got to do and we've, we've spent a lot of time asking players questions and we had to make it clear to them look we're going to ask you a lot of questions and it's not because we don't know the answers we need to know what you know because the whole point is to develop better thinkers our training pitch in Kaohsiung we made really small and everyone said oh you're trying to make the feet quicker or run shorter distances I said no 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 the whole point is to develop the brain because we want to reduce the amount of time people have to make decisions and then it would be constantly asking questions with a Sabutio board Mark where would you run here I'd run there. Why? Uh, I'd run here because of this, this, and this. Okay, right. If you run there, what do you need from me? Right. And it's and it's constantly getting the players to think and think and think. And even if that player gives us the wrong answer, it's no problem because some thinking has had to take place to give something. Right. And you know, I said to all the staff, if me and you play right back, all right, and we both play the ball down the line, uh, it looks like the same problem, but actually it could be completely different problems. Right. 
but you'll only know if it's a different problem if you ask the right question. So I know the space is ahead of you, right? right? So I say, Mark, where's the space? Now, if you say it's ahead of you, I now know it's not a decision-making problem because right. we both know it's ahead. So it could be a technical problem, a skill problem, or a confidence problem, whatever. Right. But if I say to another player, where's the space? He might say it's inside. Right. Now I know that's a, de- a decision-making problem. But I'd only know the difference right. if I asked the question. And I think the Sabuto board for us has helped us. And if right. Sabuto want to sponsor us, uh-huh. if, uh, whatever they... <laughs> well, actually, myself, myself, I think I have a fast-thinking football brain. Mm. I just don't have the fast-moving body to follow it. <laughs> so well, I'll, put, I'll put you in touch with our physical performance coach and uh, we'll so, get you uh, Actually, one thing I forgot to put on here is you just reminded me about it when you mentioned Hong Kong is uh, a few players have started moving over to Hong Kong now. Mm. Uh, is that something that they just the clubs in Hong Kong just uh, contacted the players, or is that something the the CTFA are trying to help the players with to get the professional position at a club? Because I saw on the social media the the guy from the FA he mm. went over to see them in yeah. Hong Kong. Uh, I I just think it's natural, isn't it? Right. Uh, I think if, if if you start, you know, you've got to understand China have the native player rule. Right. They can make up from Taiwan, Hong Kong and Macau and I know Hong Kong because, probably produced the most of that. Because it's not a big coincidence that uh, Chen Hao Wei played really well in that game and then a few weeks later he's moving to a uh, club in Hong Kong. Yeah, that, that, there's a, I said to the players before that game, I said, look, there's a big difference between playing a game of football and contributing right. to a game of football. So if they were to play 11 v 11 in training, I could probably play. Right. I could probably get by and play, but I wouldn't contribute. Right. And I said to the players, you need to contribute, you need to make that big tackle. Big games need big moments. Who's going to score the goal? Who will get the assist? Who will keep the clean sheet? Who will die for the cause? And the, you know, they're the people that stand out. And whether Shen Hawei did it himself or the CTFA or whatever, surely it's only natural to assume right. if you have a great game and you score two goals and you win 2 right. 0, you're, you're in the shot window. Right. So credit to him and credit to all the players. It was a big team effort. Right. Because personally, just my own opinion, I think it'll uh, help Taiwan a lot if, uh, the, if the guys can get, like, uh, some of the guys get professional clubs. Like, obviously, Chen Liang, he's been playing pre- professional. Mm for a long time and then like you said you can see he's he's pointing to the other guys helping them out and yeah. that can only help Taiwan and Izzo develop more so Chen Polian you, you've got to understand this guy's had you know 65 caps for his country right. he's a fantastic player you uh, can get the ball in, in tight pockets tight areas but the best players can always play forwards right. so when a player gets the ball they have two options they have the soft option which is to get their statistics up, just right. pass backwards, that's another pass, another stat. But the, the best players can produce the hard option, which is to turn and, and, and create a style of possession which is hurtful and will cause problems. You know, Eden Hazard always gets the ball, turns, right. plays forward, and Chen Polan is that for us. But he's also a fantastic footballer, but you've got to understand he's also a fantastic person. Right. You know, he's, his qualities, the immeasurable things I was telling you, he's so honest. He, he, if you said to him, right, Polan, this is, this is the situation, for, for, for Taiwan to get to the World Cup you're going to have to lose both legs <laughs> he'll say no problem do it right. do it uh, he, he, he's got a real love for this country and he, he, he gives back right. and the, you know, he's so good with the players and he's just a fantastic person right. ok and the last thing I want to mention is I saw that uh, 
Taiwan put the advertising on the bus. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, I really liked it because normally, uh, normally when I see the information, it's just on the social media. Mm. So when I get a lot of the information about the games, it's either through the CTFA's Instagram or Facebook. So now, like for me, for them to put the marketing on the bus, I thought it was great because normally in Taiwan you just see the banners hanging in the street for events, mm. but having it on the bus, that's like the banners moving all around the city. So that, in my opinion, is that gets to more people. So whoever did that's good, and then that shows to me that now, that shows to me that now the CTFA are starting to think a bit more of how to get the message out there instead of just the social media. That bus idea has come from someone's desk. Right. It's come from it's come from someone's brain yeah. to a computer and then to a bus, yeah. and that is what I was on about. The whole program has right. moved forward. So there's a it's the iceberg. You see the players in the pitch, but you know that email has been sent out, that flight's been booked, right. that hotel, that marketing department. The whole program is moving forward. We're constantly pushing for marginal gains, right. and getting another percent, then another percent, another percent, and everything's just moving forward and. It's no surprise that there's a lot of football flavour because of right. it. Because in my opinion, say if that bus sees a thousand people and then maybe two hundred go to the game just because of that bus. Yeah. That that's good because that's two hundred people that wouldn't have seen the social media, and then they're potentially turned into new fans. Yeah, exactly. Well, not just not just new fans. You know, that those fans will have kids. Uh, so after this World Cup, you know, imagine if imagine if twenty thousand kids start playing football after this World Cup. Right. So. I know, I know we're going to get judged on points. Right. I know that. It's only natural. Of course, we will get judged on points. But actually, at the heart of it, there's something more worth more than points at stake here. Because if 20,000 kids start playing football after this World Cup, we're winners, surely. Surely we've won. Right. You know, imagine if 50,000 kids started playing football after this World Cup. Surely we've won again. Yeah. You know, so I think that's... that's obviously, but things go hand in hand. If you're winning, the byproduct is more... Um, interest, right. interest and blah 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 but you know that it's always been about the future of Taiwan football and the players are ready you know we, we don't know what's going to happen but I can guarantee the players won't go down fighting right. we'll go down fighting sorry right. you know they're, they're going to die for the cause you know everyone's hungry um, and as I said we want to give people a team we can be proud of okay so uh, one last thing uh, how, <laughs> how like there's a language barrier between uh, you and the you and the players like uh, I, I know you don't speak uh, Chinese so I wanted to ask how do you communicate with the players to get your message across communication I said earlier it's people communication and football so communication is something really important so we're having lessons me right. and Jamie because we want to communicate uh, we have translators so which sometimes can be a little bit difficult because you speak and then they speak and uh, we, we have lessons with the translator so every time I deliver a presentation to the players I practice with the translator first right. in, in the room because I say to them look it's not a case of you saying what I say you need to understand what I'm saying and then I want to keep the same rhythm so if I speed up you speed up if I slow down or use this tone or I point or occasionally use the odd swear word right. then you need to do that too right. um, but um, you know <laughs> the Sabutio board has helped tremendously because it's a, a visual obviously and it's you know you can move players you can interact get the players to do it and I think um, we don't speak English and we don't speak Taiwanese we've kind of got this beautiful language called English knees right <laughs> so there's some words I say like Kao Jin Ya Po or Wan Chien Chuan Cho 
Now, the players understand these words, but if I said them to anyone else on the street in Taiwan, they wouldn't. Right. So we've kind of created our own little language, language which right. is beautiful and it's a nice family right. because my tones aren't aren't correct but they understand and I understand them I get that throws the other team as well especially if you're playing someone like Hong Kong because some of them <laughs> might, some of them in Hong Kong they might be able to understand Mandarin maybe yeah so I think it's an, an, a nice relationship where we use this English language uh, they respect that we're trying to speak Chinese a lot of the players understand a, a lot of English and the translators are brilliant because we've spent time invested time getting it as smooth and as clear as possible and the Sabutio board is an absolute winner and <laughs> funny enough when I tweeted the other day with the Sabutio board and you jumped on the bandwagon right. we've got this thing with the Sabutio board that every camp we add something to it right so <laughs> so this camp uh, we've just got advertising boards <laughs> right. um, around it and then the next camp I think we're going to go for the floodlights next and then the one I've, after I've that never, we'll I've understand. never seen any other manager normally they have a whiteboard or something I've never seen anyone use the Sabutio pitch. That Sabutio pitch has been an absolute godsend. And, you right. know, that, that Sabutio pitch is in our changing room. Right. So we'll talk to the team. Uh, at half-time, we'll come in. Uh, me and the staff go away. We let players, whatever, the, whatever their emotional state is, we let them be it. So for five minutes, if they want to go to the toilet, be happy, be sad. Some players will talk to each other. One player just wants to be in his zone. We'll let them have five minutes themselves. Me and the staff go away. We identify what can help. What, what, what are the challenges what's anticipated the other team and then we'll deliver the information to the team and then but with that information you know with you I don't if, I don't, if I've got something for you I just tell you I don't need to tell right. the whole team so we'll give the three bits four bits of team information but I might just pull you over right. and then I'll use you on the Sabutio board like this guy's coming in here why don't you go in there or what challenges what do you see and then it's so good where they're moving the pieces around right. da, da, da. so that, that's with us everywhere we go I think it's, I might get you a, a Newcastle Sabutio team. No, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can provide the uh, Taiwan corner flags. Right. You can contribute the, that way. A Newcastle team, <laughs> black and white stripes. <laughs> get get one of those, you'll probably end up losing every week. <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll just end it there. So uh, good luck for the World Cup. Thank you qualifying. very much. And uh, obviously I hope... Uh, Taiwan do well because I'll be there watching the games uh, and then we'll just end it there so thanks to Lewis for coming on to chat with us from the Toffee Ball the East Asian Football Podcast